स्टोरीज फ्रॉम उपनिषद्स रिटोल्ड बाय अर्घ्य एंड जीनिया गोस्वामी डियर फ्रेंड्स इफ यू हैव हर्ड माय अर्लियर एपिसोड्स यू मस्ट बी अवेयर ऑफ महर्षि यज्ञवल्क आई हैव नरेटेड द स्टोरी ऑफ यज्ञवल्क विनिंग द सिंपोजियम ऑफ किंग जनक ऑफ बिदेहा If you have not listened to it it is my earnest request to listen to those four episodes in which Maharshi Yagyavalka debates the great scholars of ancient India please do follow subscribe like share and download my podcast it will really help me to move ahead and present to you these stories from Upanishads also do write to me at my email address arghyathinks@gmail.com to share your ideas concepts and thoughts i do receive and discuss some topics with my listeners and believe it's a voyage of discoveries i will create a separate bonus episode on maharshi yagyavalka and try to present about his life and bio now let's begin today's story After winning numerous symposiums and debates across various kingdoms Yagyavalka was tired and frustrated He was really unhappy with the way people have misused knowledge and debates and taken it to the level of verbal duel and arguments instead of keeping it within the limits of a healthy debate He was regretting the fact that out of pride and arrogance and half-baked knowledge a scholar such as Vidagda had to die If you remember I had narrated that story during the four part episode of Yagyavalka One day he was sitting alone in his room while his sons Chandrakanta Vijaya and Mahamegha and along with their students were reciting various mantras and verses from Vedas He was lost in the rhythm of the hymns and was listening to each word carefully while doing that he was gradually consumed into a complex thought after a while he wanted to discuss the same with his wives yagyavalka had two wives the first wife maitri and the other kattayani who was sage bharadwaja's daughter not able to restrict any further he called upon kattayani first she was someone who was more involved in day-to-day work of ashrama cooking and taking care of pupils she entered the room dressed in the most beautiful clothings and ornaments and asked her husband oh beloved how do i look maitri helped me to dress up and ornate yagyavalka consumed in his philosophical thoughts couldn't appreciate much and said I have been noticing that with the growing age you want to look younger and beautiful. Katyayani blushed and said, "I did this for you, my beloved. It is all given by you. It's all because of your wealth and fame that we could afford such expensive clothing and ornaments." It is true that my knowledge has brought in some wealth and fame for the family. but i am really concerned on whom have i attained this victory what is this victory is it useful 
then yagavalkar expressed a shocking idea of proceeding towards sanyasa and renounce from this world he continued dear kattayani i am thinking of taking sanyasa as i am tired of this mockery i can't bear this any more our sons are able to take care of this ashram i want to go further in search of ultimate truth and that is only possible if i proceed towards my next stage of life that is sanyasa she sat there aghast after a while she gathered her thoughts and said my lord don't i provide you all the pleasures in life or all your victories in scriptures and debates doesn't give you any pleasure don't you boast on your victories this constantly growing fame doesn't it give you any pleasure abundant wealth doesn't that satisfy you any more don't you love me any more why do you want to leave us leave the prosperity and fame you have won everything with your knowledge and wisdom then why won't wouldn't you want to enjoy these now you have won everything with your knowledge and wisdom then why wouldn't you want to enjoy these now my beloved i know that you are not that old to take sanyas and renunciate from this world you are being burdened by your knowledge it is making you old does the mind grow old ever become young at heart my love you need not go anywhere my lord i will ask maitrey too to divert your mind from taking sanyas after saying this she left the room leaving yagyavalkya entangled in his complex cobweb of thoughts friends let me first throw some light on the four stages of human life as per upanishads these stages of life are called ashramas and they are brahmacharya grihastha vanaprastha and finally sanyasa these stages or ashramas are divided into 24 years each so from childbirth till age of 24 years is brahmacharya ashrama this is the phase of life when babies grow into toddlers toddlers into kids kids into teenagers and finally teenager become an adult so this life stage is vital for the development of human being when we say the term sleep like a baby there is a very scientific backing to that saying the hormone melatonin aids in sleep so it is at its peak when the human being is a baby or a newborn the growth hormones are at its peak providing vigor and growth to the child to become an adult individual the sex hormones such as testosterone and estrogen are at its minimum level during the early years and gradually start secreting from the teenage years as brahmacharya means celibacy the human does not perform sexual activities marry or bear children next phase of life is grihastha ashrama 
This stage of life is the next 24 years, that is, 24 to 48 years. During this time, the man marries, gives birth to babies, work to earn wealth and fame. In short, the man moves into the phase of a family man. Sex hormones such as testosterone and estrogen secretion is at its peak, which would help them to enjoy sex and eventually have babies of their own. Few other hormones are also at their peak of secretion, such as oxytocin, which aids women in social bonding, reproduce and childbirth. The hormone prolactin also helps them to produce milk for the babies. Another hormone, dopamine, is also secreted and aid in providing motivation to the individual. So, this results to make men and women most active, motivated, bubbling with energy, perhaps the most productive years in their lifetime. Secretion of hormone endorphin is also at its peak. This hormone helps to reduce pain, increase pleasure, reduce stress and improve mood. During this phase of human life, they enjoy their life, work and generally do not take too much stress. The reason is the hormone cortisol, which is the stress hormone. The cortisol is at the minimum level in early 20s and its level gradually increases by early 40s which causes to bring in stress and pressure. So you may have noticed that people in mid to late 40s become more stressed out than their younger counterparts. The next stage of life is called Vanaprastha Ashram. The next 24 years of life, that is from 48 years to 72 years, the man gradually retires from household and takes the role of advisor. He gives more responsibility to his younger generation. The sex hormones gradually decline. A large percentage of women by early to mid 50s hit menopause. Men hit andropause by early 60s. The growth hormones are at its lowest level which makes their bodies lose its glow, strength and vigor. Other hormones such as endorphin, dopamine are also at their lowest level. This sets in the old age for the man. The next stage of life is Sanyasha Ashrama which is after 72 years of age. It is the stage when man completely retires and renunciates everything. Most of the hormones decline such as growth hormone, testosterone, estrogen, melatonin, etc. Upanishad laid the stages of life based on the knowledge of different hormones and following its pattern of secretion and decline. The ancient sages laid down a fixed discipline for each stages of life so that we act according to our age and behave within that what was expected during that age. Our ancient sages knew about the hormones, what they were meant for, when they secreted the maximum. The hormones are present in all mammals, but these restricted lifestyle based on ashramas makes us different from the lower mammals. To bring in discipline in our lifestyle with the relevant age, the concepts of these four stages of life or ashramas were introduced. 
which are highly aligned to the various level of hormones in human beings. Let's get back to Yagyavalka's ashram. When Katyayani left Yagyavalka in his room and his first wife Maitreyi entered the room, Katyayani had briefed her about their husband's ambition. This desire was completely unwanted and unseen from the wives. They were very concerned. Maitreyi gently entered the room where Yagyavalka was lost in his thoughts. She quietly sat down in front of him. Yagyavalka didn't notice her entering the room. He was adrift in his ocean of thoughts. She waited for some time and when Yagyavalka continued to be in the same state as before, she decided to talk to her husband. My lord, what bothers you? Katyayani told me that you are planning to leave us. and take up sanyasa is it true flabbergast yagyavalka looked at her then recollected himself and took a deep breath maitreyi smiled and asked again is it true my beloved that you are leaving us and taking up sanyasa yagyavalka sat upright and bent forward towards maitreyi and said yes my beloved it's true I'm planning to renounce this world and take on sanyasa. I see our sons are grown up and have taken all responsibilities of the ashram. You and Kartaini are managing the place well without any worries. Hence, I feel it is the right time to move into sanyasa as I must engulf myself in spiritual activities which will be regulated by the values enshrined in purusharthas. Before I move on I have decided to complete all my duties I want to divide the property cattle and wealth among you and Kartaini equally so that there will be no issues between you both As soon as Maitri heard this from her husband a shock wave ran through her spine However she quickly gathered herself and calmly asked him My lord May I ask you something? Yes, go on, Maitri. My beloved, if you give me all the wealth of this earth, will it give me happiness? Will I be free from the fear of life and death? Will it make me immortal? Yagyavalka was not prepared to hear such a response from his wife. He was wondering Generally anyone would have jumped in joy hearing such a lucrative proposal but Maitri was asking something very different so he replied no my beloved wealth cannot give you immortality you can only enjoy all those things which wealth can buy you can enjoy large property cattle jewelry and expensive clothings wealth cannot buy everything one cannot hope of immortality from wealth as it cannot be bought on hearing this maitri said what will i do with such kind of wealth which will not make me immortal which will not give me eternal happiness please don't tempt me with this wealth my lord i have learned 
that any human will not leave something unless they get something superior to that thing humans easily do not get rid of old clothes and try to wear them till it is unwearable or completely worn out then for what you want to renounce everything in this world yagavalka looked at maitri and said oh maitri everyone thinks that i am victorious and have won everything it is true that my endeavors have brought in victory over others but is this victory am i still victorious even if i win the entire world maitri politely asked him i am not understanding my beloved yagavalka continued his explanation maitri let me try to explain you is the ultimate victory is being victorious over others is there any end of victory or happiness is beyond victory releasing oneself from all bondages is the true victory maitri knowing oneself is ultimate victory maitri quickly asked oh my lord is this called immortality yagavalka sat up in a more attentive position he placed his hand over maitri's shoulder and said maitri you had been always very dear to me and now since you have asked this question about knowledge of self you are more dearer to me knowing that truth itself is immortality freedom from all fears is immortality fear of death fear of poverty fear of insecurity fear of pain and sorrow fear of losing a near one fear of unknown beyond this fear lies immortality o maitri maybe just to attain this immortality soldiers give their eternal sacrifices in the battlefield and sages wander in the deep forest maitri asked her husband o my lord you want to seek freedom from fears and bondages by taking up sanyasa do you want to get freedom from mine and katyayani's love too yagavalka calmly sat straight and smiled maitri i'll explain the signs of eternal brahman to you listen attentively and contemplate on its meaning meditate on these learnings maitri sat up in an attentive position her focus was on the teachings which her husband was about to impart yagavalka started oh beloved maitri whatever is dear to us is not dear to us for his own sake but for the sake of one's own atman why does a wife love her husband a husband is not dear to a wife because she loves him rather he is dear to her because she loves herself he makes her atman happy similarly why does a husband love his wife a wife is not dear to a husband because he loves her she is dear to him because the husband loves himself he loves her not for her sake rather for the sake of his atman she makes his atman happy and content navare patu कामया पति प्रियो भवती आत्मनुस्तु कामया पति प्रियो भवती 
Why do we love our children? Children are not dear to us because we love them. They are dear to us because we love ourselves. They make ourselves joyful. Wealth is not dear to us because we love wealth, but it is dear to us because wealth can give us happiness. This world is not dear to us because we love it. Rather, it is dear to us because we love ourselves. It is not for the sake of gods we love them, but it is for the sake of ourselves we love them. It is not for the sake of any being we love them. Rather, it is for the sake of our own self we love them. Can we love anyone or anything which gives us unhappiness? We love all those things and people who make us happy. I love myself, so I love only those which gives me happiness. Hence, I love myself. My nature is to provide happiness. The self or Atman must be realized, must be heard of, reflected upon and meditated upon. By realization of Atman or self, through hearing, reflecting and meditating, all this is known. O Maitri, this Atman is blissful in nature. So try to understand that eternal bliss. Try to understand your Atman. Friends, here what Yagavalka meant was self was the object of realization. It should be heard from an able teacher and from the scriptures and then reflected upon the reasoning or logic or tarka and then steadfastly meditated upon. Through this process, the self can be realized and understood. When these three processes are combined, then only true realization of unity of Brahman is accomplished. The priority of enumeration is in order of their closeness to us as sources of joy, for it is more desirable to create a distress for them. It is well known fact that self or Atman alone is dear and nothing else. When you love yourself, then you love others. Thus, our love for ourself is paramount and nothing else. He continued. There is nothing besides self. If there were, it would not be known. But the reality is, there is no such thing. The self or Atman is everything. Therefore, it being known, everything would be known. The worlds dispose one who knows them as different from the self. Gods oust one who knows them as different from self. All dislodge one who knows it as different from self. These worlds, these gods, these beings and this all are self. Everything springs from the self. It dissolves in it, remains imbued with it during continuance, for it cannot be perceived apart from self. Therefore, everything is self. Sound of musical instruments such as drums, conch or a veena cannot be fully understood unless both the musical instrument and the musician is understood. Likewise, at the time of origin of universe or prior to it, there was nothing but only Brahman. O Maitri, as the clouds of smoke arise, unbidden, 
from a fire overlaid with the damp fuel, so from the breath of Brahman arisen the Rig Veda, Sama Veda, Yajur Veda, Atharvangi Rasa, history, mythology, arts, Upanishads, verses, aphorisms, elucidations, and explanations. These are all like the breath of infinite reality or Supreme Self. O Maitri, just as the ocean is the ultimate destination of all kinds of water bodies such as rivers, skin is the one goal for all kinds of touch. Nostrils are the ultimate destination for all odors. Tongue is the one goal for all flavors and taste. Eyes are the ultimate goal for all colors. Ears is one goal for all sound. Manas is one goal for all deliberations. The intellect is one goal for all kinds of knowledge. Hands are one goal for all sorts of work as reproductory organs are one goal for reproduction as anus is the goal for all excretions as the feet are one goal for walking and running and organs of speech is the one goal for all Vedas. These general functions are again nothing but vital force which is identical with intelligence. As it is said, intelligence is Brahman. Everything in his universe converge into Brahman. Oh dear Maitri, just as a lump of salt when thrown into water cannot be taken out of it again, but salt makes every drop of that water salty. Similarly, does the individual self or Atman dissolves into limitless being or Brahman and cannot be separated from it. Although that being itself carries in it the essence of every individual self, the being arises at birth with self and departs with it at death. After death, there is no separate self. As Yagivalkya was about to continue his explanations further, Maitri stopped him and asked, After death, there is nothing. I am getting confused. I am bewildered. My lord, please explain me further. Yagavalka smiled and said, As I said, O my beloved, contemplate on what I said. Calmly, reflect upon the thoughts what I now shared. Where does the sense of separateness come from? From the limited body which perceives it as different, separate from everything around it. But once the body is no more and the self or Atman dissolves into Brahman, then there is nothing else to perceive. When to a knower of Brahman everything becomes Atman, then when there is nothing to smell and no nose to smell, what can you smell? Nothing. When there is nothing to see and no eyes to see, what can you see? Similarly, when there is nothing to hear, speak 
or think and there are no ears mouth or intellect then what can you hear speak or think absolutely nothing tell me maitri through what should one know that owing to which all this is known through what can one know that knower when he himself become eight as soon as yagyavalkya completed his explanation of immortality katyayani entered the room and said my beloved if this discussion of immortality is over we can have the dinner you may not think of the importance of how to run this ashrama tomorrow but for me and maitri we need to always think of that friends that was today's story it told us about the means of immortality which is wholly independent of rights it is the knowledge of atman with the renunciation of everything as part of it when that is known the whole universe is known it is dearer than everything else hence it must be realized when it is heard from a spiritual teacher or a guru and reflected through reasoning or logical contemplation friends This story not only throws insights from Yagyavalkya's point of view to what it means to be an immortal but also the fact it is one of the few stories that features a woman as a seeker of truth. So, what is the takeaway from this story? As long as we think that we are in our little flawed, limited and perishable bodies, we most certainly cannot be immortal. as our body die each second by second until one day it stops functioning completely however if we know and understand that who we are what we are is pure energy pure consciousness pure being then everything changes our bodies are powerhouse of energy which helps us to sustain throughout our lifetime when our body dies this energy really is released and becomes the part of the energy that sustains the world this energy helps plant to grow animals to reproduce earth and other planets to stay in their individual orbits bring atoms together to make molecules everything and anything else in this universe it is the same vibrant energy in all organisms and celestial bodies although it is so fabulously diverse array of bodies shapes and forms just like the same electricity which is been used in different electrical appliances to operate that cosmic energy has been around since before the earth existed and is the reason the world exists and will be there well after the universe is gone so realize that you are the cosmic energy it stands to reason that you will be around forever this is immortality at least feels like immortality friends that was today's story and i hope you really liked it as much as we enjoyed retelling it to you now time for the three questions from the episode what are the four stages of life 
what did maitri asked yagyavalkya when he declared that he would give half of property to her why do we love our partners children or our parents please email us your responses to the email address which is arghyathings@gmail.com that is a r g h y a t h i n k s at @gmail.com and until then If you wish to start your own podcast for free visit www.hubhopperstudio.com source content collected from various books on upanishads such as messages of the upanishads by swami ranganathananda brihad aranyaka upanishad by swami madhavananda eight upanishads from advaita ashrama upanishads.org Vedas and Upanishads for children by Rupa Pai and several other write-ups and thoughts on Upanishads. Background music is sourced from various royalty-free music sources, Apple Loops, Internet Archives with non-commercial 4.0 international license. Om Shanti chants are from YouTube source Gaia Sanskrit. This podcast was conceptualized, scripted, narrated and audio designed by Argya Goswami and also co-narrated by Jinia Goswami.